praise God. Well, let's get into God's Word together this morning. And uh, we're going to continue our series, Indispensable. And I've titled this message that I want to share with you today, Talking to Jesus. And the heart of the message is really very simple this morning. And that is that we want you to understand, take away this morning, this simple thought, that Jesus wants you to make the Holy Spirit your closest friend. This whole series is about the Holy Spirit. And so the heart of today is that Jesus wants you to make the Holy Spirit your closest friend. We've visited some well-known scriptures. We'll revisit today. But this being one of them, that as Jesus was preparing to leave the disciples and head to the cross, he said these words speaking of the Holy Spirit. I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. I really like the message version. I will talk to the Father and he'll provide you another friend so that you will always have someone with you. You know, in all of our lives, we will have um, friends, levels of friends, levels of friendship. Just what I mean by that is that there are just some people that we are closer to than others. And there's often at the center of that, those one or two people, maybe a bit more, I don't know, but one or two people who we might deem to be our best friends. Uh, Tony Miller, who's gone to be with the Lord now, this quote always stayed in my mind when I heard him make it. He said, friends are your greatest assets in life. Show me your friends and I will show you your future. Now, the point of the principle there is a very simple one, and that is that actually our closest friends have a defining influence upon our lives. So I was walking through the village the other day with our children and Claire. We were walking out as a family the other day and we passed a bungalow in our village. And I said to my kids, kids, that is where daddy done his first garden gig. And they were like, you done a garden gig, daddy? And I was like, yeah, that's where I done my garden gig. Because me and my best mate at school, high school, called Gene, right? And we were just such good pals. We spent every waking moment together. And... Uh, he got a guitar one year for Christmas, really started to get into his guitar, and then he really got into Oasis, and uh, he got into Oasis, and I got into Oasis, because he got into Oasis, and then he started, first song he learned to play was Wonderwall, and I remember being in the kitchen of his house now, I can visualize it now, and he started playing Wonderwall, and I thought I could sing along with this, and I remember starting to sing along with it, but as I got it again, I got more and more into it, I started to grow my hair, because I wanted to look like the front man Liam Gallagher, and except my hair was awful. It just all went big and kind of stuck out everywhere. And then I started to find that I stood the mic when we started like doing like practicing. I stood the mic like Oasis stand the mic. We like that at the mic point. I even had the little Oasis stance when I stood like this. I said earlier on, it still feels good to do it now. <laughs> Threatened earlier, I'm going to lead worship like this one Sunday, you know. And then we started to sing and we'd sing all the Oasis songs, had the walk and everything like that. Oh, my life, I'm in my element up here, right? And uh, I had to walk and everything like that, and we would, you know, sit there, and I'd be like, maybe, I don't really want to know, like this. And I'd sing like this in his garden. We'd done a garden gig, his, uncle band, his uncle's band of honor, and we were the little tribute act as well. And we'd done that. I looked terrible. Frankly, I sounded terrible. I hadn't ever planned to be like that, but I did. Eventually, sad but true story, he ditched me and went solo. Um, still a little bit bitter about it. We're definitely not best mates any longer. Um, but life moved on. Oh, but seriously, right? we were best mates. And we spent all our time together. And I was thinking, what do we look for in a best friend? Well, here's a couple of thoughts. Not an exhaustive list. Just a couple of my thoughts. Someone who seems to get us. The time with them doesn't feel like it's hard work. 
It's just enjoyable. You don't feel like you've got to fill the silence with talk or need to always be doing something. You just enjoy each other's company. There's a mutual exchange of just enjoyment of that. They love you, care about you. Um, they they uh, uh, feel safe to be open around you and you around them, safe enough to be open and vulnerable and let them in. And you listen to them and trust them because you know they'll tell you the truth. And even if it hurts a little bit and it's a bit like, Oh, but you know they've got your best interests at heart. And so you're open to that. And they let them in and you let them in. And there's this mutual friendship. Friends, that is who Jesus wants to be to you. And that is why he sent the Holy Spirit. To be your closest, your very best friend. When he said, I'm sending the Holy Spirit, the message to the disciples then and forevermore, that includes me and you, was simply this. I am pursuing a friendship with you. The heart of Christ is intensely relational. He sent the Holy Spirit. It was a clear kind of mark from Jesus. He said, I want this friendship, this relationship with you. He was leaving them, but he was showing them my heart is, I want this to go on. And that very concept of friendship between us and between God has been blowing minds throughout history because people just haven't been able to get their head around that because since ancient times it's been unthinkable, unimaginable that friendship could somehow exist between a human being and a divine being. And so philosophers like Aristotle said things like this, friendship is impossible when one side is removed at a great distance as God is. They saw God as the great, you know, the divine, but distant. And that's because the whole idea, the understanding was always that there had to be something equal in some way for you to be able to have friendship. There had to be something you can share in common. And what can us as mere humans and God as God have? We're not on the same level. We're not equal in any way, shape or form. And that's what people couldn't get their head around with Jesus as he walked around doing what he'd done because He's professing to be the son of God, yet they say in utter contempt as an accusation that they throw at him. And I quote from Matthew 11, he's a friend of tax collectors and sinners. This is irreverent. This is impossible that someone who says that can do that. You can't have friendship like that between God and between man. And often we put the gospel out there about how you need to let Jesus into your heart and you need to let Jesus into your life. And of course, that's absolutely right. But I want us to just capture, recapture its essence. Why? Yes, of course, our sin's forgiven. But what is the intention of Christ as he enters into our heart and comes into our life? So we'll preach from Revelation 3 verse 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man lets me in, I will do what? I will come in. But then we might perhaps stop there, but don't miss the next bit. I'll do what when I come in? I will eat with him and he with me. The New Living Translation says, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. Jesus is saying to me and you, I want in on your life in a way that you open up your heart to me and I want you to know, and this begins to blow my mind, that Jesus is saying this to you, I want you to know I enjoy spending time with you. I want to be with you. And I want you to be with me. I want it to be like we're sitting down and sharing a meal together as friends. That's a picture of the relationship that he wants with us. 
that we would open our heart up to him. He doesn't want to be anything like distant. He wants us to spend time together. And so he pursues friendship with us. It doesn't say, behold, if any man invites Jesus to come and knock at the door of his heart. He's already there. Oh, God, Father, I want him to let me in. Why? I want friendship and relationship. Me with them and them with me and us together. Every day, normal life as best of friends. Jesus, when he saves the saves them, and he talk, sorry, Jesus, when he talks to the people who have they've let him into their life, he says this no longer, John 15, 15, no longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all, and note that word all, that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. Has anyone got any of those friends in their life where you're friends, but they don't seem to really open up and let you in. Now, that might be for any number of reasons, so I'm not saying that in a judgmental way. But we sometimes have people that say, I just wish they would open up a bit and just let me in so I can kind of help. I want you to look at that. Jesus did what very best friends do. He shared everything with them. All, he says that I have heard from my Father. Not some. I've not held back on you. I've not said I'm only letting you in this far in our friendship and in our relationship. He threw his heart wide open and said, all, oh, everything. He's not that friend who, doesn't hold, who holds back. He's not that friend who doesn't let us in. And we are talking about the Son of God. Wanting us to open ourselves up to him and him being willing to open himself up to us. And it's this two-way mutual thing. And Jesus says, I'm not that one-way friend where you might have some of those in your life where you feel like you're doing all the running and all the pursuing and all the chasing and all the giving. And frankly, it's draining. Because true friendship is give and take. There's exchange. It's pursue and be pursued. It's mutual. And Jesus reveals to us through the word of God as he talks to us about how we need to seek his face and how we need to draw aside and we need to find that quiet space and we need to enter that room and, 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 and lock ourselves in with him and spend time with him and seek after God and hunger and thirst for him. He wants us to pursue him, but he is also the pursuer. He's the pursuer, the one who pursues friendship with you. It took him to the cross but he's also the pursuit. And our relationship comes alive when those two things collide. And as you begin to think about this, you begin to somehow begin to almost empathize with what those disciples felt. I know I've said this to you before, but I'll say it again. What they would have felt when Jesus looked them in their eyes, their very best friend who they'd had with them every day, wisdom and guidance, teaching, love, help, his presence. You got a question, just ask Jesus. Imagine how they felt when he turns to them and says, I'm now going. And I'm going to give my life upon a cross. John 16 actually says this, and I quote, Christ says there, sorrow filled their hearts. They were overwhelmed with sadness because they were losing Jesus, their best friend who'd been with them every day. But Jesus turns to them and says in John 14, verse 16 to 17, I'll read it from the Amplified. I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper, another friend, comforter, advocate, intercessor, counselor, strengthener and standby to be with you for how long? Forever. 
The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive and take to its heart. Because it does not see him or know him. But you know him because he, the Holy Spirit, remains with you continually. And will be in you. And Jesus promised them, and this rocks my world. Jesus' promise to them was this. By the Holy Spirit, he's literally saying, I will be as real to you as I have been in person. And he's saying that to every one of us here this morning. As real as if I were with you in person, I will be so through the Holy Spirit. We'll come on to this in a moment. In fact, how can you say it is to your advantage if it's anything less? Friends, it's better. And we'll come back to that in a moment. But, and he says that when I give you another hand, another, another, sorry, helper, another friend, it's not another like, like, it's not like Stevie's wearing a t-shirt and Trevor's wearing a t-shirt. You could say, well, that's, they're like each other because they're both t-shirts. Technically, yes, that's true, but they're actually different. And so he's not saying, well, the Holy Spirit's going to be kind of like me. He's going to kind of resemble me in some ways. No, it means identical. He's just like me. We're the same. And so Jesus is saying, this is literally me living in you and with you by the Holy Spirit's presence in your life. Dane Ortland in the book, Gentle and Lowly, it's a long quote, but it's so good. I just want to read this to you. It's in two parts with a scripture and a thought in between. It says, the Spirit makes the heart of Christ real to us. Wow. Not just heard, but seen. Not just seen, but felt. Not just felt, but enjoyed. The Spirit takes what we read in the Bible and believe on paper about Jesus' heart and moves it from theory to reality, from doctrine to experience. In John 14 to 16, Jesus explains the work of a... My wife, are you on the wind-up? You've just gone over halfway through. Oh, go back. Ah. (laughs) Can you keep going back for me, Claire? Thank you. No, no, we've gone the wrong way. I want the first part of that one if we can get there. There we go. Thanks, darling. I, I don't say that to everyone, by the way. It is my wife who's in the box. If you watch, I don't say why I said thanks, son. Jesus explains the work of the Holy Spirit is an extension of his own work. And he says that the time in which he himself has left, but the Spirit has come, is a superior blessing to his people. So they are sad and they are filled with sorrow. And yet Jesus says in John 16, which I alluded to earlier on, verse 5 to 7, That sorrows filled your heart is taking complete possession of them. But I tell you the truth, it's to your advantage that I go away. For I do not go away. The helper, comforter, advocate, intercessor, counselor, strengthener, standby will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him the Holy Spirit to you to do what? Oh, has it gone down? To be in close fellowship with you. To be in close fellowship with you. Best friends. And Jesus says, you've got to trust me, guys, because when he comes, when the Holy Spirit comes, this sorrow that you feel in your heart right now is going to explode and turn into joy. Because in a human body, you'd have heard this talk before, what Jesus was saying was this. He was saying, in a human body, as I'm here now fully human with you, he was saying to him, my friendship and my presence is limited. I cannot be everywhere in every moment. I'm in one place at one time. I can't be with everyone all the time because no human can. And he was fully man. But he's saying, by the Holy Spirit, if I go and send him, my friendship and my presence can be with you all the time, wherever you are. 
And so when he says the Holy Spirit's going to be able to help you, he's actually saying this, he's going to be able to help you better than I have. Better. So actually that means this, and this really just makes... Friends, we actually live in better days now than if we'd walk this earth with Jesus in person. Wow! That just... Did he just say that? Yes, he did. Because Jesus said that. He said, I'm limited, but you now live in the days of the Spirit. And this is to your advantage, because wherever you are and wherever you go, I can be with you when you're in the car, when you're in the shower, when you're walking into the midst of that challenging situation, when that hospital appointment's come through and you don't know the outcome, when you're feeling sad, when you're feeling great, when you're walking, when you're in your bed. I'm there, he's saying. This is to your advantage. Dane Orton goes on, the disciples were sorrowful because Jesus was leaving them. He'd befriended them and embraced them into his heart. So they thought that Jesus leaving meant Jesus' heart leaving. But the Spirit is the answer to how Jesus can leave them bodily while leaving his heart behind. Whoa. The Spirit is the continuation of the heart of Christ for his people after the departure of Jesus to heaven. I said, oh, you could just sit down there, couldn't you? Wow. Thomas Goodwin, the Puritan, says, you shall, of this, paraphrasing what Jesus said, he says, you shall have my heart, as he was sending the Holy Spirit, you shall have my heart as surely and as speedily as if I were with you. Wow. So therefore, it's impossible to truly know, truly experience, truly enjoy who Jesus is, unless I befriend the Holy Spirit. Jesus talking to them says about when he, the spirit of truth, comes. He will guide you into all truth, John 16, 14. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. And he will tell you what is to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. And that word known means to tell, to show, reveal, declare, speak, report, rehearse, disclose, transmit. The Holy Spirit tells Tells us, shows us, reveals, declares, speaks to us, reports about, rehearses, discloses, transmits what is from Christ. The heart of Christ is experienced through my friendship with the Holy Spirit. That's why the Apostle Paul prays for them in Ephesians 1, 16 to 17. Read it in your own time. He prays that they would have the spirit of wisdom and revelation to what end? In order that you may know him better. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 10 and 12. These are the things God has revealed to us by the Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. The New Living Translation says, He shows us God's deep secrets. My word. What we have received is not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. That word understand doesn't mean to mentally or intellectually begin to apprehend. It means to experientially know. Oh, he's preaching. I'm a child of God. He's preaching about the inheritance I have in Christ. He's preaching about how Jesus is my breakthrough. He's preaching about this. And you say, and you say all this information is coming out. How am I going to know that? I experience that through the Holy Spirit. He causes me to understand who I am in Christ and who Christ is in me. All that I have in him, all that he is able to do. 
People say, I I need to know that God loves me. Well, Romans 5 verse 5 says, the love of God is poured into your hearts by the Holy Spirit. I must befriend him. I begin to perceive and things begin to feel real and come alive in a way that they don't without him. And so from the day I'm saved and throughout my life, I experience and enjoy Jesus's fellowship and friendship by a friendship and fellowship, an intimate friendship with the Holy Spirit. And Jesus says he will be with you forever. And as Ben so eloquently put it last week, what is the definition of forever and what does forever mean? Forever. He's a companion journeying through life with us. Anyone else ever had them friends who have sort of said to you, oh, we'll always be best friends. We'll always be best friends and we'll always be there for one another. And now you're looking around going, I mean, I don't even know where Gene is. He don't know where I am. I said earlier on, he's probably famous and singing around the world. I don't know why, but earlier on when I preached this message, that line, it's not in my notes, it came to me from the the Marvel movies. When he says, I'll be with you till the end of the line. And that's like the heart is just saying, he's with you forever. And he is that friend who never leaves you and will fulfill what he's promised to do in your life. He is, the Bible says, the helper, which is the paraclete or the parakletos. And it simply means this in the Greek. He is the very one who comes alongside. Friends, if you are saved this morning, I have some really great news. You have the best friend who wants to share life with you and do it by living in you and being at your side and going through everything you go through and experiencing everything you experience. Because what a friend we have in Jesus. Together, two-way, mutual, the Holy Spirit in me and at my side. Way, Wow. I've got no other friend in my life who can say to me, Daryl, I'll be with you in every moment, in every challenge, in everything you go through. Because every other friendship in my life is limited. No one's always able and always available. There's a limit to what we can do for one another and there's certainly a limit to our availability. Are you free? No, I can't do that day. Friends, every friend I have in my life is limited for how much they can do for me, how much they can help me, guide me, how much they know, how much they can be with me all the time, except for one. Jesus. The Holy Spirit, who's promised by my friendship with Him, in Him and through Him, I have a friend with no limits. 24-7, living in me, beside me, wherever I am, whatever's happening, whatever I'm facing, whatever I'm going through, I can be talking to Jesus. Hebrews 13 verse 5, read it with me. God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. The Holy Spirit is a friend for life. Guidance, wisdom, I'm nearly done. Knowledge, understanding, help, love, going with me everywhere, able and available. Catherine Coleman, a woman used by God phenomenally in the area of healing. Seeing one of the only people who saw Everyone in a meeting get healed. Everyone. Only happened once, maybe twice in all our ministry. Everyone walked out of a meeting healed. I read the other day, do you know what they said of her? The Holy Spirit was her best friend. 
Where do I find the answers to the questions I have, the solutions to the challenges I face, the guidance when I don't know what to do? Where do I turn to find someone who understands me and cares about me and knows what I need, who loves me, really loves me? How do I feel and experience and enjoy that love and live in it? You're getting the picture. Come on. The Holy Spirit. He is the extension of the heart of Christ. Friends, he truly is indispensable. I cannot do without his help. I've got to learn to make him my best friend. I've got to learn to keep my relationship with him sweet because Ephesians 4 verse 30 says I can upset him. I can offend him. I can make him sorrowful and it will affect our relationship. By the way I live my life, the way I speak, the things I choose to do, the places I go, that fit of anger or whatever it is that I've put on display, just like when we offend one another and we want to put it right, I need to make sure I keep my relationship with him sweet. I need to learn to share and spend time with him and open up with him. And let's not pull him down. As I talked to you about him as a friend this morning, let's not pull him down in our thinking to some casual level where it's like, oh, Jesus, my mate. No. Yeah, yeah, God's my mate in the sky. I hear people say that. Please don't. Let's not pull him down to that kind of any old level. Theologian Richard Sibb says this, as he is our friend, so he is our king. Last two scriptures and I'm going to play you a song. John 14, verse 26 to 27. These are both in the message. The friend, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send at my request, will make everything plain to you. He will remind you of all the things I've told you. I'm leaving you well and whole. This is Jesus speaking. That's my parting gift to you. Friends, the Holy Spirit is a gift to us this morning. Peace, Jesus said. I don't leave you the way you're used to being left. Oh, where are they gone? Where are they now? I don't use you, uh, sorry, leave you as you're used to being left, feeling abandoned or bereft. So don't be upset and don't be distraught. And we often say the grace as we close our meeting. Now may the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, etc. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all forevermore. Amen. The message version says this, the amazing grace of the master, Jesus Christ, the extravagant love of God. Listen to this, the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. I want to pose a question to you this morning just before we listen to this song. What would life look like if I really treated him as my closest friend? Spent time with him, talked to him. Talk to the Holy Spirit, because when you do, you'll also be talking to Jesus. And Jesus says, as you deepen and develop your friendship and your relationship with the Holy Spirit, know this, you are doing so with me. I want to play a song for you on, from my phone. It's quite long. I'll preach shorter. I want to play it to you, but it's such a beautiful song. I was sent this the other day. And I just, I didn't listen to it at first because I had some stuff on. And then I forgot about it. And then I was loading my dishwasher one evening. I thought, oh, I got that song. And this is what I'm talking about. I put it on and the presence of God just comes in the kitchen. And you're just loading dishes. And it's like, and you feel the Holy Spirit there. And you feel Jesus there. And as I listen to the words of this song, friends, honestly, it just rocked me. And just, because as they're singing about talking to Jesus, I thought, my God. 
if I get this more and I understand this more, and if we do as a church, wow, what incredible days lie ahead of us. And I want to play it to you, and I want you to close your eyes. And if you're on the stream, stay with us. We'll do the notices at the end. We'll just put a screen up. Just really listen to these words, and then I'm going to close in prayer and just give you a few notices today. Grandma used to pray out loud by your bed every night. To me, it sounded like mumbling, like she was out of her mind. She said, Boy, this kind of praying is what saved my life. You ought to try it some. Now I know she was right She was talking to Jesus She was talking to Jesus And she'd been talking to Jesus For all of her life Mama used to drag me to church Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights Khaki pants and a polo shirt Boy, I put up a fight She said, son, one day you'll thank me For having God in your life And yeah, I know she was right Yeah, my mama was right Cause now I'm talking to Jesus She got me talking to Jesus she got me talking to Jesus Yeah, my mama was right Cause now I'm talking to Jesus Yeah, I love talking to Jesus And I'll be talking to Jesus For the rest of my life What a friend we have in Jesus what a friend we have in Jesus, don't you know? What a friend we have in Jesus, oh, what a friend we have. What a friend we have in Jesus, what a friend we have in Jesus. What a friend we have in Jesus, oh, I've got three of my own now. Trying to raise them upright. My oldest is 15. And I remember what that was like. Trying to deal with the trauma. Trying to figure out the questions in life. And I've been looking for a way to show him how to make it all right. Then he walks in my room Well, I was saying my prayers the other night He said, I'll come back later I can tell you got a lot on your mind I said, it's not an interruption You couldn't have picked a better time Cause 
Cause I was just talking to Jesus Come over and give it a try We started talking to Jesus
Holy Spirit, we just pray. We just want to learn to love and prize and value and cherish you like you deserve to be so. I just pray for each one of us that we will really open up the gift that you are to our life. That we'll really explore and enjoy and live in that intimate friendship deep relationship, that every day with you, life. And Lord, we just pray that you will speak to us, even through this week, if there's things that we need to change. And just feel free to put your finger on it so that we can deepen our relationship and walk with you. Holy Spirit, we want that close, intimate friendship. We just say before you, we cannot do this without you. We do not want to dishonor you. We want to honor you and love you. And I thank you that you are in us and you are with us and you are for us. And as we step out of today into a new week, thank you. Everywhere we go, you are there. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.